Well, 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 here we are. I'm Ben Carlisle, publisher, BleedTechBlue.com. Louisiana Tech getting set to open up fall camp Friday morning, August the 7th here in Ruston, Louisiana. Certainly been an interesting last four or five months. Uh, I know we were last on the air uh, back in February following National Signing Day for the 2020 recruiting class. Uh, little did any of us know uh, what would go on uh, throughout not only our country but across the world as well uh, dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. But nonetheless, here we are. Like I said, it's the month of August. Football season is right around the corner and your Louisiana Tech Bulldogs are getting set to open up fall camp Friday morning on the Louisiana Tech practice fields right here in Ruston, Louisiana. Again, I'm Ben Carlisle, publisher, bleedtechblue.com. Certainly appreciate you tuning in today to kind of get set for this season, get ready for fall camp, uh, really get a good grasp on what to be looking for from this 2020 Louisiana Tech football team again and back in going back to a year ago to last season in 2019 Skip Holtz's program uh, finished the year 10 and 3 overall first time the Bulldogs have won 10 games since 1984 uh, closed out the season with a shutout win in the Independence Bowl over Miami uh, headed into the offseason with a tremendous amount of momentum for the program Obviously signed the highest uh, ranked recruiting class in the Holtz era. Uh, you know, one of the highest ranked recruiting classes in Louisiana Tech history. As the Bulldogs were getting set to open spring practice back in March, of course with COVID and everything else, that's when things began to shut down. The Bulldogs were unable to get in any practices. And here we are five months later, back on the field, getting ready to go. Um, for the 2020 season. So just a quick glimpse as far as what things will look at, look like throughout fall camp. Of course, I'll have each and every practice uh, covered throughout the month of August and into September. Uh, we'll cover you know every practice with great detail. So make sure you join us at bleedtechblue.com if you're looking for your football fix because we will certainly have that for you each and every day. Another programming note, Bleed Tech Blue Radio will be back this fall. We'll get going on August 25th. Uh, myself, my co-host, Beck Haynes, we're excited to get another season going, get back to some normalcy. Uh, of course, we'll be uh, back at the Sports Talk 97.7 studios this fall and uh, look forward uh, to another tremendous year of Bleed Tech Blue Radio. I know Beck and I really enjoy uh, doing the program uh, every Tuesday night from 6 to 7.30. Of course, we'll have those uh, up on our podcast as well. So tune in uh, to hear those each and every week leading up uh, to the games on Saturdays. Just a, a quick look at the schedule to this point, the 2020 schedule. Of course, the Bulldogs were expected to play four non-conference games. Uh, we're going to open the year against UNLV. Uh, I believe that was followed by fir the first conference game on the road at Southern Miss. The Bulldogs would then go hit the road again. Uh, well, I think they would return home for a date with Prairie View before they would hit the road to Baylor. And then later in the year, they were supposed to play on the road at Vanderbilt. Uh, we actually provided an update on where things stand with the UNLV game. 
Uh, we provided that on Bleed Tech Blue on Wednesday night, so come on over to find out the latest there. Uh, Prairie View and the SWAC actually canceled their season or postponed their season until the spring. Louisiana Tech or Louisiana Tech stepped in right away, replaced that game uh, with Houston Baptist, who will travel to Ruston on September the 19th. And then, of course, like I mentioned, the Baylor game on September the 26th is still up in the air. Uh, I believe Baylor and the Big 12 will play nine nine conference games plus one non-conference game. Uh, they're trying to decide who they're going to play in their non-conference matchup, either either Tech or Incarnate Word. Uh, I believe some, you know, probably some internal negotiating uh, is currently ongoing, so we haven't really gotten a ton of clarity in that area. And then, of course, with the SEC announcing that uh, they will play a conference-only 10-game schedule as well, so that essentially cancels out the Vanderbilt game as well. So right now, uh, Tech is scheduled to play 9 or 10 games. Of course, Conference USA coming out saying they're going to play eight conference games and give the schools an opportunity to play as many non-conference games as they would like. So as things continue to shake out here over the next couple of days into the next couple of weeks, we'll certainly look to have you provided, you know, keep you up to date on who the Bulldogs might play in the non-conference portion of their schedule this fall. Looking at some of the off-season coaching additions uh, to Skip Holtz's coaching staff, uh, added his added his son, Trey Holtz, uh, to come coach the inside receivers. Trey had previously been at Ohio State as a graduate assistant. John Allen will coach the outside receivers. I don't know if I mentioned Holtz will coach the inside receivers. John Allen will coach the outside receivers. Uh, spent the previous couple years at Old Dominion. Uh, another former Old Dominion assistant, David Blackwell, steps in at defensive coordinator. For Bob Diaco, Anthony Camp comes to Louisiana Tech to coach the defensive line after Rick Petrie retired. Camp had previously been at ULM. And then, of course, uh, longtime Louisiana Tech assistant and associate head coach Joe Sloan uh, was promoted from inside receivers coach to the new offensive coordinator job. So things will look a little bit differently on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I think the biggest thing we'll see is the defensive side with David Blackwell but I think that's something that, as folks that cover the Louisiana Tech program, or if you know anything about uh, what Coach Holtz goes through from an assistant coach standpoint, it certainly doesn't surprise you uh, to see some of the assistant coaching turnover. And so, as Louisiana Tech has done such a great job in previous years of kind of keeping the train rolling along and keeping it on the tracks year after year, uh, I think that'll be another goal heading into 2020 is kind of getting some of these assistant coaches acclimated and getting some things uh, kicked into high gear right away so that the program can keep uh, operating at a high level. So when you look at this fall camp, obviously you look at some of the players that were lost off of last year's team. You got Jamar Smith, obviously uh, Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you got Courtney Wallace, who uh, had a brief stint with the Patriots, Amik Robertson, Legeria Sneed both selected into the NFL draft. And so I think there's certainly plenty of storylines to look at entering this fall camp. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, there's two big question marks, if you ask me. The quarterback. Who, who, who steps in and replaces uh, Jamar Smith? I know Jamar wasn't always the most, quote-unquote, liked guy, uh, but nonetheless, he had a solid career at Louisiana Tech. 
who steps in replaces the void that he's left now that he's gone. I believe the quarterback battle will come down to graduate transfer Luke Anthony, who comes to Louisiana Tech from Abilene Christian. Uh, the addition of Anthony was announced back on signing day, and he'll battle it out with rising redshirt sophomore Aaron Allen. Uh, we actually got a good glimpse of Allen late in the year. Uh, got a couple of starts under his belt as a redshirt freshman at Marshall and at UAB. And, you know, with with Louisiana Tech not having spring practice, how does that kind of shape things out in the quarterback room? I think, you know, if we would have had a full spring practice and a full fall camp, I think it would have been pretty easy to say uh, that Luke Anthony probably ends up winning that job. But no spring practice. Here we are come fall camp. Skip Holtz has yet to see it. Luke Anthony throw a football. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how Aaron Allen performs, how Luke Anthony performs, if he can, uh, you know, get a good grasp of the offense, get on the same page with a number of the receivers and really get things going offensively and be able to win the job. The big thing for Anthony is that, you know, he's played over 2,500 snaps in his career. So certainly has a lot of experience uh, playing the quarterback position. So that'll be something that we watch uh at the quarterback position throughout the fall camp. And we'll see if this quarterback battle is, you know, null and void come two weeks from now, or is it something that leads right up into the first game of the season where we might see two guys get snapped in that first game. Uh, We'll see if either one of these quarterbacks, Luke Anthony or Aaron Allen, are able to separate themselves. Looking at the other uh, key thing to watch on the offensive line, uh, you, you have to replace three starters up front. Right tackle, Dwight Stallworth, leaves due to graduation, as does starting right guard Ethan Reed and starting left guard Drew Kirkpatrick. I think, you know, can Tech replace some of these guys? I definitely think that the Bulldogs can, uh, but how effective is the offensive line going to be? This was a group that was uh, improved tremendously in 2019 versus where they were back in, you know, 2018 where it felt like Tech had a very difficult time running the football, didn't have a whole lot of time to throw. Last year, you saw those guys settle in a little bit and play extremely well. Uh, who steps in for Dwight Stallworth? I think right now I would say Byron Rossell or Anton Lewis. I know Rossell's coming off an injury. Uh, might not be at full strength come spring ball, or come fall camp tomorrow morning. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who steps in there. At right guard, the obvious candidate to start there will be LSU grad transfer Donovan Campbell. Uh, he'll battle it out with uh, rising redshirt sophomore Christian Henderson. And then at the left guard spot, uh, not as much of a concern where Josh Moe will be a junior uh, kid out of Oak Grove that saw a tremendous amount of playing time in his previous two seasons. So that, that's not really as much of a, a question mark per se. But the right side of the offensive line uh, where Willie, or excuse me, where Dwight Stallworth and Ethan Reed are gone to graduation. Uh, that'll be a key to watch throughout fall camp, and we'll see uh, if Louisiana Tech can create some continuity up front and allow whoever it is at quarterback to kind of settle in, find their targets, allow Justin Henderson to find some running room uh, behind that offensive line because we know how talented Justin Henderson is when he has some room to run. Looking at the defensive side of the ball, I know I mentioned uh, excuse me, that David Blackwell will be in his first season as the defensive coordinator. And there's a lot of different question marks. Obviously, you bring in a defensive coordinator from Old Dominion, you look at some of the numbers that Old Dominion put up defensively a year ago, might leave you scratching your head a little bit until you realize that 
even though the Old Dominion defense wasn't great under Blackwell, they were, I think, 150 yards per game better than they were the previous season. So the Monarchs didn't have a tremendous amount of talent on the defensive side of the ball, so you have to give credit for what Blackwell did with some of the talent that he was working with. Now, from a scheme standpoint, I think early on you're going to see Tech 3-4, 4-3, 4-2-5. I think you're going to see a lot of different sets from a scheme standpoint, but we'll probably see more four-man fronts than we've seen in rec- you know, recent years, especially last year uh, where Tech rate was probably 60-40 uh, in a 3-4 under Bob Diaco. I think we could see Willie Baker uh, get his hand back in the ground as a defensive end and allow him to do some of the things that he does well as far as rushing the passer uh, so that Tech can create some havoc up front. And, you know, whereas last year, a year ago in the 3-4, the defensive line outside of Milton Williams, there was that one guy up front that could really generate pressure on on obvious passing downs, which is a must in, to, a must in today's college football where you see uh, so many different variations of the spread offense. So, so that, that'll be the one thing to watch is early on in fall camp, how, many th- how much of the three-man front versus how much of the four-man front, where is Willie Baker at from a health standpoint coming off an ACL injury. Uh, all signs point to him being near 100%. I anticipate they might take it slow with him right out of the gate, but uh, – that, that'll be a, a big key for the defense is creating more pressure up front, and we'll see what Blackwell can do uh, to help generate some of that pressure. I know he has a good reputation of being a guy that can create a lot of havoc, force a lot of lost yardage plays, uh, which you know kind of makes opposing offenses into a panic. Uh, elsewhere on the defense, you have the – I don't know, the the question mark, the secondary. Can you replace Amik Robertson? Can you replace LeJarius Sneed? Can you replace Michael Sam? Can you replace Daryl Lewis? Yes, I just named all four starters in the Bulldogs' secondary as having to be replaced in 2020. Where does Tech look? What does Tech go to in that secondary? At cornerback, I think you have Zach Hannibal, uh, fifth-year senior at a Monroe uh, I think it's his time to shine. He played well in the Independence Bowl against Miami in, a play, in place of Amik Robertson, uh, who missed the game due to injury. He's got to step up. He's got to become that guy at cornerback that can be relied on uh, to kind of, I'm not going to say be a shutdown, lockdown, number one cornerback, but he's going to have to play well week in and week out. And then opposite of Zach Hannibal, here's where the question marks arise. We saw today, uh, this is Thursday that Jamarian Jones, 2020 signee out of Kapaya Lincoln Community College, announced that he wasn't going to make it to campus this year. Uh, so we'll see what happens at that other cornerback spot. There's so many different young guys. Uh, when you talk about a Broderick Calhoun, you talk about a Dallas Taylor Cortez, uh, just a number of different players. A C.J. Johnson that was signed out of Mississippi, Charvis Thornton. Uh, that was signed out of Baton Rouge a year or two ago. There's just so many young guys at corner that create a tremendous amount of question marks in that secondary, particularly at cornerback. And how can Tech fill the void left by Amik Robertson and Michael Sam? That's one of the season's biggest question mark. I would say it's probably the biggest question mark uh, as you look at this team entering 2020. And Speaking of the cornerback position, Louisiana Tech might be nearing a grad transfer acquisition, so another reason to join us at bleedtechblue.com. Of course, you can join us for free, get 90 days of premium access 
uh, just input the promo code TECH2020. Get you 90 days of premium access. I don't think there's a better deal out there. So looking at the safety position, like I mentioned, Legereus Sneed, Daryl Lewis, both gone due to graduation. <clears throat> Who steps in? Uh, I think B.J. Williamson, a redshirt sophomore out of the Dallas area, uh, will have one starting spot locked down, the other safety spot likely to be occupied by Khalil Ladler, uh, safety from Virginia Tech, a kid that uh, when you look at some of his tape at Virginia Tech, you certainly expect him to come in and play a key role right away uh, for the Bulldog defense. So looking at the defense as a whole, you replace nine starters. It's never easy to replace nine starters. I talked about the players that Louisiana Tech lost in the secondary, but if you want to look on the positive side of things, there are some guys on that side of the ball that have played some football. When you talk about Deshaun Hall, who played well in the bowl game against Miami, DJ Jackson saw significant snaps at defensive tackle. Milton Williams was a starter. Willie Allen, Tristan Allen's now more experienced. Ezekiel Barnett. Trey Baldwin played well against Miami. Alex Zayed, B.J. Williamson, Jaden Cole, you know, Zach Hannibal. There's some guys on that side of the football that have played a lot of football. And then you talk about some of the transfer acquisitions. Gerald Wilbon from Texas has played in over 40 career games. Cody Fulp, uh, an inside linebacker out of McNeese, uh, led McNeese in tackles a year ago, I believe. Uh, could potentially be a good addition. I mentioned Ladler. So there's some guys on that side of the football that have played some football, but it's a matter of getting them to work as a cohesive unit, and that's where the it might show up as far as the lack of spring practice as to where things stand. But on the opposite side of that is mentally these guys should be sharper than ever. And so hopefully David Blackwell's got things running pretty seamlessly, and by you know week two or three of the year, uh, we figure out how good this defense can really be. And then the, the last main question for me is kicker. Who, who steps up and wins the kicking job? I know that, you know, Bailey Hale was pretty solid as far as being a place kicker uh, for the last couple of years, and now he's gone due to graduation. Who steps in? Is it Jacob Barnes? Personally, I think he's more of a punter. I think Garen Bolniol probably has the inside track as a true freshman. Uh, the son of former Louisiana Tech, Gar or Chris Boniol, excuse me. Uh, he's probably got the inside track to the place kicker job. And then Tech also added another transfer, Gabe Simoniak from Cal, uh, who will likely handle kickoff duties and will also compete uh, for the place kicking job as well. So a, a ton to look at throughout this fall camp. A number of storylines when you look at the quarterback position. Who, who steps up on the offensive line and just really how the defensive unit gels as a whole after losing so much talent after having a top 30 defense a year ago in 2019 under Bob Diaco. Now, from a depth chart standpoint, you, you look at this team, we'll run through right now my pre-fall camp depth chart and where I think things stand. At quarterback, I think you got Luke Anthony or Aaron Allen. Obviously, at running back, the starters, Justin Henderson. At the two outside receiver spots, Adrian Hardy's back for his fifth year. Isaiah Graham, the TCU transfers, back for his fifth year as well. I think you'll see two of the, those two guys come in extremely focused after not playing up to their capabilities a season ago. Backing them up, I think you'll see George Scott back for his redshirt junior year after redshirting a season ago. 
and then the speedster Wayne Toussaint at inside receiver. Obviously, C.J. Powell and Smoke Harris, uh, who became two of Jamar's favorite targets uh, at some point a season ago, will be back. Uh, Powell will be a senior, Smoke Harris just a sophomore. And then opposite them at the other inside receiver spot is Griffin Abair. Jacob Adams, former walk-on out of West Monroe, will be the starting H-back. He'll take over for Bobby Holly. Looking at the offensive line, uh, my starting or my projected starting offensive line from left to right. I got Willie Allen at left tackle, Joshua Moat at left guard, all-conference center Cody Russi, right guard Donovan Campbell, grad transfer from LSU, and that right tackle I think we'll see Byron Rossell or Anton Lewis. Uh, like I said, Rossell's nursing a lower leg injury and might be a little slow getting up to speed. Uh, another tackle to keep in mind will be Michael Goss, shined out of the J.C. ranks in 2020, uh, will be a sophomore as well. Looking at the defensive line, uh, like I said, we'll see more four-man fronts than we're probably accustomed to. I think we got starting a defensive end, we'll have Willie Baker. Milton Williams will be opposite Baker. Uh, the two tackle spots, I think you'll see D.J. Jackson and Texas grad transfer Gerald Wilbon. Wilbon's a, a big man, 6'3", 325 pounds. I think you'll see Ezekiel Barnett uh, play that linebacker nickel spot, uh, kind of that jackknife type of linebacker that can do a number of different things well. Uh, we saw him kind of burst onto the scene a year ago under Bob Diaco. Just one of those guys uh, that makes so many different plays. Uh, the inside linebacker, I think you have a number of different guys that I could see starting at inside linebacker when you talk about Trey Baldwin. Uh, I think he's a, probably a surefire starter at this point. And then the, op, the other inside linebacker, uh, there, there's a number of names that could step into that spot. I talked about Cody Fulp, the transfer from McNeese, uh, Jordan Dickey, <coughs> JC transfer out of Trinity Valley. Alex Zayed is a walk-on who ended up playing uh, meaningful snaps a year ago, will be a senior. Mackie Carabin uh, is a redshirt freshman out of San Antonio that nearly got on the field as a true freshman. Alan Walker out of Georgia. Uh, is another player that will be a redshirt freshman that I know they're excited about as well. So we'll see who kind of steps to the forefront as far as the inside linebacker positions go. And then talking uh, about the secondary, I got B.J. Williams at a one safety spot, Khalil Ladler at another safety spot, and then Jaden Cole, uh, the redshirt junior out of Neville, will be a guy uh, that's going to see a tremendous amount of playing time as well. Looking at the cornerback position, I think you got Zach Cannibal at one spot. Opposite him, I think entering fall camp, uh, Broderick Calhoun, Dallas Taylor-Cortez will get the first two snaps over there. And then we'll see if Louisiana Tech does add a grad transfer here in the next couple of weeks uh, to kind of get some experience at corner and kind of shore up some things. Uh, looking at the special teams, Reeves Blankenship, uh, an all-conference performer, will be back for his redshirt junior year. I mentioned Garen Bolniol or Gabe Siemenak at place kicker at punter. Uh, it'll be a battle between Brady Farlow and Jacob Barnes at punt returner. I'd expect C.J. Powell or Smoke Harris, and then at kick returner, of course, Wayne Toussaint and Isaiah Graham. Overall, when I think when you look at this roster, I think it's one of the deeper rosters. Uh, that Coach Skipholz has ever had. It's a talented roster. Uh, it's just on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, are you able to gel quick enough <coughs> so that you can have some quality experience over there 
and perform up to your capabilities. But offensively, as long as Louisiana Tech gets the quarterback position figured out with Luke Anthony or Aaron Allen, this is a unit that's going to put up some points. And we could see, you know, 35, 40 points a game once again in 2020. So I just wanted to give a pre-fall camp preview. Of course, things get going tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. We'd love to see you join us at bleedtechblue.com. Of course, you can join us for free for 90 days. Uh, Input the promo code TECH2020. Like I said, we will have every single practice covered throughout the fall. Uh, We'd love to welcome you over and have you read our practice report. Certainly a great community of Louisiana Tech fans. So I'm your publisher, Ben Carlisle. Certainly appreciate you joining us today. We'll see you.